It's time for Honest Reflections in Youth Ministry. The present culture is more established than ever, yet so crushing for so many youth pastors. There's a lot to be learned in youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you're 19 and you have just started or you've been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After Nine the most honest hour in youth ministry. So Karen, how in the world are you? Hey, Martha, I'm doing really, really well. (laughs) Good. That was was a great um, impression of your husband there. (laughs) His is always faster. So, hey, Karen, how in the world are (laughs) you? Oh my gosh, I love this already. Well, hey everyone, (laughs) welcome to After Nine, the wife edition. Oh man, Martha, how are you feeling going into this thing? I'm pumped. I mean... I've heard Chad talk about this podcast and I've listened to it and but I'm never really here whenever it takes place when the action goes down. So I'm super pumped that it's us now because I definitely feel like we're about to make it happen. I know, me too. And I'm like, are you at all surprised that people were so I don't know, people were wanting to hear from us and have been for a while. And I don't know if you were surprised by that, but I think I was a little. I was super surprised. I mean, I get it because if it is, you know, who their who their their target audience is, it makes sense. There's typically another side to that, um, you know. So, I get it, and I hope that whatever we talk about today is something that is uplifting and encouraging, and that we can just be honest and real about our experiences in the youth ministry wife world for us. Yes. Yes, I I second that opinion, and I'm really excited because um, I think we both just shared with one another that our filters may, <laughs> may be small, um, and so I am I'm just really excited. And w- one thing that I'm actually really excited about is that this is actually the first conversation that you and I have ever. So I feel like like this is going to be totally just organic and I'm excited. I'm pretty pumped that we both missed the um, youth pastor wife filter class too, because I don't feel like I I get to meet that many youth pastor wives that don't have a filter. So I'm pretty pumped that I have no clue what's about to happen, but it'll be awesome. I kind of feel like Samuel L. Jackson and I'm just like, hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. Like, is that the kind of stuff they're going to have to edit? I know, We're not please, sure. We don't know. But can I insert <laughs> this quick story? Um, so growing up, Zach, Zach's mom was not a fan of the word butt. And so <laughs> to um, get around that rule of not being able to say butt, they were like, hey, tub is butt spelled backward, backwards. <laughs> so they would tell each other, he and his siblings would tell each other they had the biggest tubs. So I guess I should say instead, hold on to your tubs. <laughs> Okay. Well, mine is being held on to. I'm ready. (laughs) Oh, 
man. Well, hey, so one thing that I guess I wanted to get started with is that um, I know that our husbands at the very beginning of this venture shared with the listeners just a little bit about us, but um, I think it's important for us to share just a little bit about ourselves with with the listeners too. So Mm -hmm. um, Martha, just tell me a little bit about what it is that you do every day. Like what's your job? I know you just got a new job, Um, Mm -hmm. but just tell me a little bit about yourself. My passion is people. I mean, that's who I love and who I want to serve with the rest of my life, um, pointing them toward Jesus. And so with that being said, God has called me to um, do that in the secular world. And for me, that looks like um, I was doing therapy for a while and um, providing counseling to individuals. And God took that and allowed me to start um, administrating over other counselors and other programs that serve the community. And so, yeah, it's been really incredible. So that opportunity and venture has now led us to move and start a couple different clinics for the same agency. So same work, just in a different location. Nice. Yes. That's exciting. Very awesome. So tell me about yourself. What, what does your life look like? Yeah. So I am an 11th grade English teacher um, in a public high school. And so I, I feel kind of the same way that you do um, in that the call on my life is to love people and to serve people um, just in the secular world again. And so I spend my days in a high school English classroom with teenagers and <laughs> it is there's never a dull moment um, as our youth ministers certainly know um, when you work with youth mm-hmm. there is never a dull moment but I love it so much and I love that no two days look the same mm-hmm. um, and I love that I get to show so many students on a daily basis um, unconditional love um, and the love of Jesus Um, Most days, probably without saying the name of Jesus (laughs) because Mm -hmm. of, you know, certain things that we, policies that we have to follow, but, but still, you know, loving on them, um, meeting them where they are in their own lives. Um, And that is, that's how I get to spend my days. And I'm so fortunate that that's how I get to spend my days. You bet. A lot of what, um, in our, in the mental health field and the field that I work in is, uh, is community-based. And so we meet a lot of people in their homes and sort of their darkest hour and their mm-hmm. most difficult time in their lives. And so I really, I really hear what you're saying about kind of meeting people where they're at and you, you get to really see that raw side of who people are. And yeah. again, here totally get, you know, that when you're sharing Jesus with people in the secular world, um, that so often you're doing it without ever saying his name. And so yes, pretty incredible. I think it's an incredible Ugh. opportunity and I feel very fortunate to, to be able to live that out for sure. Me too. And I just, I hope every day that the light shines through. Mm-hmm. What was your initial thought when Zach told you that he wanted to start doing a weekly youth ministry podcast? Oh man. So first of all, my first initial thought was, here we go, another project. Because if there's one thing that (laughs) anyone who knows Zach knows about him, it's that he is like the most intense idea person I've ever met in my life. Like every day, it's like he has a new idea for something. Um, You know, and sometimes um, the ideas just have to kind of be spoken out into the world and that's as far as they go. Um, And then other times they're pursued. And so this is one of those ideas that got thrown out into the ether and, um, 
he was like really excited to start um, pursuing it. And when he told me that he was going to be working with Chad, um, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. Um, but I've also um, listened to a little bit about or read a little bit about um, – getting a podcast started and how difficult it is. And, you know, you have the best of intentions and the greatest dreams, but recording on a weekly basis, that's a commitment. That is a commitment. And so I was like, okay, we'll see how <laughs> long this lasts and how long this is sustainable. Um, and I've been so proud and so impressed with how this has gone and just amazed at the feedback that they've received. Um, that I, I just think it's awesome. What about you? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I think that he told me about it, like, cause you know, he would often go down and, and visit Zach. And so that was not out of the norm by any means. And I honestly think that I learned about the podcast, unless I just had totally tuned it out about a month after it was already going. <laughs> and so I was super pumped about it though. I was like, you know what? This is a great hobby. He was off on Fridays at that time. It gave him like something to do. So I was like, all right, you get after it. I wasn't getting as many text messages that day of boredom. So <laughs> I thought it was seriously awesome. But I, I too have just been, I've been blown away at just the opportunity it's given the guys to minister in a different way that I did not realize. I mean, and I feel guilty for not realizing how needed and how, how much it was a calling on their life and not understanding that at the time. And maybe they didn't either. I'm not, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm just so, I'm just blown away by the reception and Again, like what you're saying, the, the, the commitment and then also the integrity of it. I think that they truly do. I mean, in listening that they really are, at least from Chad's, Chad's point of view, from what I know, know him, him, he, he really is being as honest as he possibly can be. And I think that that's incredible for the guys to break down those barriers and, and allow that vulnerability to come through. Cause I think so often for, for men, especially mm-hmm. that vulnerability can be seen by the world as weakness. Yes. And I see that as such a great strength. And I'm so grateful and proud that they've stood firm in allowing that vulnerability to come through every week. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, I'm sure that no one, I mean, maybe someone's dad is, but I can tell everyone listening that, um, at least for Zach, the Zach that you get every week on the podcast, um, is absolutely Zach working mm-hmm. um, as he lives every day. Um, <laughs> and, and I just think that I, I love getting to listen to it every week, um, on my planning time at school. Um, and it's just another extension, um, of who he is and, you know, part of his kind of brain and his heart that I get to hear. And I'm so glad that, um, the world gets to share in that too. It's pretty awesome. Absolutely. And I've really been amazed by seeing like, you know, for some people they think, oh, it's just once a week. But I mean, they are really pouring time and effort, not only into ensuring that they're being as vulnerable as can be, but also ensuring that, you know, 
quality is being poured into it as well. I mean, from the technical standpoint, from, I mean, you name it, from what they're talking about, ensuring that they're not just talking to hear themselves talk about things they want to talk about, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's about the people and the people that are listening that, you know, are garnering whatever they're taking away from it for sure. So I appreciate so much that they really are using it for God's glory and not to glorify themselves. Yeah, totally, totally. I second that. Um, So I know that some of the questions that we wanted to kind of answer or respond to on this episode involve um, our perspective of being married to youth ministers, um, to living lives of youth ministry um, alongside our husbands and, um, you know, for ourselves. Um, So I guess I just kind of want to throw out the initial (laughs) question of – did you know what you're getting into? <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, did you know, um, from, you know, the beginning of your relationship with Chad, that ministry was a path that was going to be traveled, um, or, um, was it a realization later on and how has that, you know, played into, into your life? Sure. So I'll just tell you a little bit about, um, our story from the very beginning. Cause I like to hear people's stories for sure. I'm, I'm a storyteller at heart. That's what I do for a living. I listen to people's stories. And so the heartbreak, the joy is all of it. Yes. And so, um, Chad and I's story is one of absolute joy, which I'm so thankful for. Um, when I met Chad, he was, um, a youth pastor at a new startup church cool. where I was going to, um, to undergraduate. And I saw him from afar and locked eyes and I was done. Uh, <laughs> I was under, uh, I was no. under Chad's spell. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so, um, literally whenever I saw him, I just knew he just, I can't say this enough. It's just the honest truth. Chad just loves. And I could see it in his eyes. I could see that the love that he had for people, the love that they have for God. I mean, all of it. And so I knew from the very beginning that Chad was a youth pastor. And so um, I am... I am a thinker and an introvert by heart. And so after I met him, saw him, got to know him, realized that we were very quickly going down a path of um, joining our lives together to serve the Lord, um, started having those conversations with myself about what does it look like to be the, the wife of a minister mm-hmm. and what it looks like now is not what it will look like in the future. So am I ready for that? What does my life look like? What is God calling me to, you know, can I, can I be that support for him? Am I the right person for him? And so, um, with that being said, apparently, um, those questions got answered pretty quickly because about three months later we were engaged and (laughs) yeah. So from, yeah, I hadn't even known Chad, literally known him for a year, um, before we got married. So, um, our commitment came very, very quickly in our relationship. And I'm very thankful for that. There was never a time that I, I second guessed or questioned. Um, God was really good to answer the questions that I had about, about ministry and being, being the wife of somebody who's in ministry, knowing full and well that I was never called to, um, be in the type of ministry that he was in as a profession. Mm. Yeah. So how about you? amazing. What does your journey look like with Zach? Yeah. So Zach and I um, met each other in seventh grade um, and we were in jazz band together. Um, And it was, I kind of, yes. Oh man. Can we just take a moment and be so thankful that we are no longer in middle school? Um, (laughs) 
And so, um, so we met and kind of a similar story to yours. I like saw him, talked to him for the first time. And I was just taken with it. I was like, who is this dude? And you look back at pictures of us now and it's like, how did that happen? <laughs> like, what, what was the draw? Because we both look so crazy. Um, but, um, but I just, there was something about him that drew me to him. And I immediately had a crush on him and had a crush on him in seventh and in eighth grade. And I actually wrote in my eighth grade diary that I wanted to marry Zach Workin. Oh, wow. Um, Please tell me you still have that. I do. Oh, I I love it. It is hilarious. Um, And, but what the best part of the story is that we didn't actually start dating until after we graduated high school. Um, And so we were like good friends. We both dated other people in high school and it wasn't until our senior year of high school that we started hanging out more kind of like we had in middle school. And when I kind of started having the realization that I liked him again, I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been down this road. Middle school has come and gone. Um, But, but we, we started dating and, and um, I knew from seventh grade on that Zach had the call to ministry placed on his life. Um, and we were FCA officers together in middle school. Um, and so I, so man, so I knew from a very early, like from very early on in knowing Zach, that that was the call that was placed on his life. And um, I, started out as a political science major in college and then changed to education. Um, but it kind of became apparent, you know, through that path that it was also my call to love people and to show them the love of Jesus. Um, and I knew that, um, marrying Zach and partnering with him in life meant that we, I was committing to a life of ministry as well, Mm. but because I also wanted to just, share the love of Jesus with people. Um, it happened very naturally and very organically for us. Um, and so, you know, the, the path, you know, continued and it it has taken, you know, on different forms over the years, you know, from like being the newlywed youth pastor couple, um, who had like, you know, we were a house for students, um, during like a D-Now weekend. And so we had kids staying at our apartment and, um, you know, and I was making the meals and like, you know, carting kids around, um, for events and different things. Um, and you know, to now where we have an amazing team of youth volunteers and we're able to, um, pour into students in a different way. So we've been on a journey, but it's, it's come, it's happened very organically. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. Um, so that's a little bit about kind of us and the beginnings of things. We're going to take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to just talk a little bit about, life in ministry um, and kind of see where the conversation continues to take us. This is fun. Super fun. Making okay. it happen. Yeah, we'll keep talking after the break. This episode of After Nine brought to you by YouthMinistryBooster.com Go check out YouthMinistryBooster.com for the great resources that your student ministry needs. Download a free Youth Ministry Booster Pack of Lights and Cocoa Today, a great series for Christmas. Welcome back to After Nine. It is Karen and Martha, the wife edition. Yes, 
Oh, I think we're, I think we're, I think we're, we've got good conversations happening here. I'm loving this. I think so too. I'm kind of thinking, I'm thinking, Karen, that I'm curious to know, um, what's been maybe the greatest joy that you've had watching Zach labor in youth ministry? Oh man, what's been my greatest joy watching him labor in youth ministry? Um, I think, I think just the, the awe that I find myself in of him, um, living out the call for his life. Um, Zach is the most creative person I know. He is the most passionate person I know. Um, for all of my Enneagram, uh, quiz takers or, or, I don't know, pro, I don't know if you're interested in the Enneagram scale, he is a seven through and through and I am not. (laughs) So like the way that Zach functions is completely foreign to me. And when I watch him, it's like, I don't know. It's almost like entertainment. Like it's like I'm watching a reality show and I'm like, like, where's the popcorn? I need to get that popcorn so I can just watch this guy like do what he does Um, because he just, I don't know. He's on 11. He like, you know, spinal tap reference. He is, he functions at an 11 almost constantly. And so um, it, it is so much fun for me to watch that because I am not that way at all. And, um, so I think, but I think being able to watch how excited he gets about, um, anything and everything involving youth ministry. Um, Mm -hmm. There have been moments I know that he hasn't questioned his call to ministry, but he has, I think, wondered, okay, which turn, you know, what turn is the road going to take next? Mm -hmm. And he just like leans into it and is excited about it and thinks about things in such a creative and different way. And I get to bear witness to that. Um, at very close quarters. Like I get to see the behind the scenes, like <laughs> furious, you know, journaling, ever noting, um, kind of furious typing of things and talk him, like talk the projects out with him. And I mm. love that. And I love getting to see how he loves people through that. And, um, how Jesus shines through him so clearly um it's just amazing and so much fun and so i guess that's that's kind of the greatest joy is getting to see um how he functions so wonderfully in his call and that people um are impacted by that um absolutely what about you you? what's your joy well i love it that you talked about um not just his character and who he is and the gifts that God's given him. But some of the tough things that he goes through, the things that are most challenging for him, I feel like that's been some of the greatest joys that I've taken because I know that Chad has so many things that he's incredible at. I mean, the dude is just a phenomenal speaker. He really is. And I think that people are so naturally drawn to him because of his extroversion and his true understanding of who his audience is and what they might want or need from him and what he is garnered to give to them. And I love that. He really is just a really thoughtful and giving minister. And 
I mean, I know that that probably seems like probably everyone is, but to be honest, there are some people who don't have that gift or that talent. And for Chad, it comes literally naturally. That's how he lives his life is trying to figure out what he needs to do for other people to give to them what they need to draw them to the Lord. So I love that. Love it. Mm-hmm. I think that some of the greatest joys I've had um, outside of just his natural gifts and talents are the times when quitting was so enticing, you know, that things just, even when things were going really well, because I honestly feel like even in the times that it's like, you know, you're functioning on a 10 and things are going well, you've got, you know, your check boxes are all, are all checked, but there's this like need for more. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen him answer the call to obedience and through that obedience and staying, even when it's good, when it's bad, it, you know, that enticement is always there, but even when it's good and you're enticed to do something different just for the sake of doing something different, I have really watched his obedience and his commitment come through. And there's this like renewed passion and God always teaches him something even greater. And so I think that's been the greatest joy for me is seeing him answer the call to obedience, even when things are incredible. Let's turn our conversation a little bit, um, to our listeners this week who, um, I guess might be pondering, um, you know, what it's really like, um, whether it's a hardship or encouragement, um, in their marriages, in their partnerships, um, being partnered with somebody um, in youth ministry, and what are you know what are the what are the good, the bad, and the ugly um, things that come with that? And I don't know if you have any um, insight to offer, but I don't know if there's. I guess my question is: any, any advice that you would give to those who, um, you know, wives or um, husbands who are married to female youth pastors? What encouragement do you have for them um, as we all kind of go on this journey together? Sure. Um, man, I think individuality. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, Karen, in this conversation that we've had and getting to know each other even a little bit better, I think that we both have a good sense of who we are. Um, but I can remember a time whenever Chad and I were first married and just, just in, in the throes of being newly married, um, (laughs) When you think you have to always go to the grocery store together, when you think that, you know, you have to go to bed at the exact same time and you have to eat dinner together every night, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I think that just as you grow, you understand that the individuality that you had before needs to take place during your marriage as well. And so in ministry, I think the same applies. And I think that's why, um, I consider Chad and I, our marriage to be so strong and our partnership and ministry to be so strong is because we continue to allow each other that individuality, even in that. And so kind of looking that in a real life kind of way, when we're in the church as the partner of a minister, so often it's insinuated or implied or just expected that we will be there for everything. Mm -hmm. We will always be a volunteer. We will always, you know, and maybe it's not so much by our spouse. Sometimes it might be, but also by the church. 
Yes. Just people in the church that maybe have seen that in the past. Um, man, can I tell you today, if that's not you, that that's okay. And that your only responsibility, your only call is to minister in the way that God is asking you to, not the way that's, that people, um, are expecting you to. And I would say even your spouse, I mean, I will go, I will be that bold and say, even if you have a spouse who might have that expectation, if God truly in your time with him is not telling you that you're supposed to be that Sunday school leader, that you're supposed to be, you know, that preschool leader, that you're supposed to volunteer at the five nights a week that you have stuff going on at your church. If that's not what God is telling you and he's asking you to do something different, answer to that and, and, and be there for that because your individual relationship with the Lord is what sustains you and is what will give life and breed, um, incredibleness into your yes. marriage and into your partnership in, in, um, ministry. I'll be very open and honest that there are multiple times that I said no without saying no. I just didn't, um, didn't volunteer. Um, not because I was angry or because I just didn't want to, or I didn't like the church, but because I knew that my call to being that partner, to being that minister's wife was to support Chad, not the entirety of that physical church body. And if I'm worn out and exhausted by doing all the things that I think people are expecting of me, or, you know, even what Chad might've expected at certain times in our marriage, um, then I'm not able to support him in the way that's needed. And that's my true calling as his partner. So I hope that- Why have we not talked before this? <laughs> oh, we are we are gonna be friends. We are gonna be friends. Good to hear. If there, I like it. Just, listener, listeners, just imagine a mic dropping right now. <laughs> um, so good. Uh, oh, I love that man. And I I'm so appreciative of you mentioning obedience um in this and and what like you mentioned you know you and I both have our individual calls mm-hmm. um for our own lives and i think that sometimes it's really easy um in ministry to be made to feel that your husband's call is your call and mm-hmm. um yes. and i think and and i'm there was, so when Zach was at seminary, um, there was a group of wives who got together every week for Bible study. And we were all married to seminary students. And I was so grateful for that time and building those relationships um, because I gained so much perspective about what so many women and ministry partners go through. Um, I, you know, have heard horror stories about how some wives um, have been treated by mm-hmm. the church Yes, that were so unfortunate and just broke my heart. And then I've also heard, you know, the amazing stories um, of how wives have been supported in their individual calls by their churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just like, you know, the guys here on here every week talk to both um, audiences, those who are really, really struggling, um, and those who are really feeling, you know, they find themselves in the best possible place in their ministry jobs right now. 
um, I, I, gosh, I just think it's so important to, to acknowledge both of those camps. Um, and, and I echo everything that you said, you know, to, to those who are feeling so discouraged right now and, you know, every day is a dread, um, or a struggle, um, lean into the God, to the, to the call that God has placed on your life. Mm-hmm. Um, be obedient and just, you know, follow that, um, at, at, you know, as you, as you can. Um, gosh, it's good. I'm grateful for your words. Well, thank you. I, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think that maybe that is the biggest thing that could potentially be a struggle because when you're living in that and you are feeling like you have to live into the epitome of what it looks like to be a youth ministry spouse, there are Mm -hmm. so many things that, that they are pulled toward on a daily basis. Um, and I remember early on in our marriage that, um, you know, we've been married for, we're going on eight years now. And so (laughs) hard to believe, but it's hard for me to think back to back whenever we were first married. (laughs) Um, Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Um, but I can remember back thinking like, I have to be, you know, I have to meet with every single girl that's in the youth ministry, or I have to, you know, uh, do attend every single thing or whatever. And whenever I really started realizing that, my frustration, I'll be very honest. I think that I even gained some bitterness, Mm. um, trying to live into that expectation and that bitterness was drawing me further and further away from not only Chad, but from the Lord. And that's, that's the thing is that my first love, my very first love in life was Jesus. And so how in the world can I love Chad and support Chad in his call if I'm not first loving the first love of my life and then responding to the call that he's placed on me? So I think keeping that in mind as well will keep you from also having this, um, because I want to be very clear in the fact that I'm not saying that, you know, it's okay for anyone to just quit because or not do just because they don't want to. Yeah. I think that that's dangerous. So please don't hear that. Um, hear what that I'm saying that there's a freedom in following exactly what it is that God's calling you to do. And if you don't know, I think it's good to start asking that question and allowing that 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 quiet time um, or that stillness to allow God to speak into that. And I think it's okay sometimes to do nothing, um, to wait on that response, or to do some things in um in the in the way of things that you know to be good and true yeah to wait and see what that response is for the calling on your life as well so yeah that's awesome oh yes all of those things youth ministry is kind of a it's kind of a crazy road um you never know where it's going to take you and i i know that i'm sure that you um, have as many hilarious stories about the journey as Chad does um, for, from your experiences. And, and I know that Zach and I have endless stories um, just about the twists and turns that the road takes. <laughs> but, um, oh, man, it's so good. Um, what, what, what's been the greatest source of encouragement or strength for your marriage in the midst of ministry? 
I really believe um, that individuality. I mean, just to be very honest, um, I am not somebody who has had a lot of, um, I've had a lot of people who have spoken into my life here and there, but I've never had like um, anyone who has specifically mentored me or anybody that I've met with on a weekly basis or anybody that I really call on. Um, that's just not something that has ever really taken place. I definitely believe that those things for me personally need to be organic. And I've never really met anyone that, that viewed being a pastor's wife in the way that God really, um, revealed to me that, that had already lived it out. And so, in that way, I think that the majority of my encouragement and um, sustainability really has come from the Lord. I mean, those quiet times, those individual times spent with him and um, falling into obedience when it comes to uh, youth ministry and where that's led Chad, for sure. How about for you? What's what's the greatest source of encouragement? Um, I So... I think that my answer is, is twofold. Um, first, so when Zach and I were first married, I mean, it was, it was a very similar situation to you guys. We, I mean, jumped right into it. Zach was actually already serving at a church when we got married. And so, um, you know, we, it was, it was part, so much a part of our life together already. And, um, we, you know, first three years of our marriage, um, we poured so much time and energy into um, that call of, of ministry. And then Zach, um, you know, went on to seminary. And during that time, we were able to kind of breathe a little bit because we, mm-hmm. we, were, we were super enthusiastic and just like, we're going to do all of the things for the ministry and spend all of our time, you know, extra time here. You know, meanwhile, we're newlyweds um, and I'm starting teaching. And for all my teachers out there, you know how harrowing the first three years of teaching can be. Um, and so we were going to think of all that, but it was like, we're going to do this thing. And we, we wore ourselves out Um we just got to a place of exhaustion and in allowing ourselves a little bit of um, time away um, and, and, you know, at, at seminary, being able to take a breath, um, that time gave us so much strength um, in, in being able to approach youth ministry in a different way mm-hmm. um, when, when Zach took a, you know, another youth ministry job. Um, some perspective was in, was gained during that time, and so that certainly gave us strength. In terms of encouragement, um, I'm I'm very similar to you. I've never had an accountability buddy, you know, or like someone who like you know, that kind of came alongside me and that I met with on a regular basis, um, who was in a similar um, you know place in life and in a similar situation. And I've never had that, but I have received just general encouragement from the church, from the big C church. Um, and mm-hmm. I have seen on so many, you know, there have been so many occasions, like when we moved into this house and, and you know, moved to Tulsa, um, that the church, you know, was there and they, um, you know, 
stocked our pantry for us. Um, they had a big thing where they stocked our pantry. And um, after Isaiah was born, you know, they brought us meals. And um, when Zach had a health scare, you know, same thing. Like we, like we were receiving text messages and, and emails and Facebook posts, uh, you know, of prayer and so much. And so I think that a lot of our encouragement has come from the church, um, which is certainly then a reflection of the Lord mm-hmm. um, and the Lord's provision um, in our lives um, and the encouragement that just comes from the people of God living out the gospel um, to everyone. Um, and we are included. We we have been so fortunate to be included in that. Um, and so we certainly have received great encouragement from the church. Absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah. So fortunate to have that, you know, and I think that, um, I hope that if anybody's listening that that is part of a church that, you know, is is on that volunteer team that does those kinds of things, the hospitality or um, whatever you want to call it, that they're encouraged by that. Because I would agree with you. Um, and honestly, I, I hate it that I that I had for forgotten those things or didn't think to to include that in there. You're absolutely right, Karen. We've had those exact same experiences. And um definitely worth noting and worth mentioning. Those things should never go unnoticed. Um, you know, those, those very physical and very formation acts of just love and support and community. We need that. We definitely need that. Everyone needs that community and that support. I think it's so easy. And I find myself doing this all the time. Um, looking at, keeping my eye out or trying to look for the big things. Mm -hmm. And, I'm such a firm believer in the idea that the smallest, you know, acts of, of showing gospel love, Mm -hmm. um, just are so powerful. Um, so yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Well guys, thank you so much for listening to this special episode of after nine. Um, Martha, thanks for this. Yes. Thank you. I'm so grateful that we got, uh, that this is an opportunity that's been given. I mean, wow. Thank you for letting us talk. We apologize if it's not up to par, but it's been fun. (laughs) Whatever. I think this is going to be, um, the most highly rated episode. And I think that there will be a demand for us to come back. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, man. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening this week to After Nine. Um, And just thanks for your listening ears. Thanks for listening to After Nine. Join the community on Twitter, Facebook, or visit www.afterninministry.com to share your story. This has been fun. It's been incredible. I kind of feel like we just became best friends. I know. I know. <laughs> Good job, why, Zach and Shad. <laughs> why, do you, why do you live in Stillwater? I know, we're so far <laughs> away. Golly. That's okay. We'll have to, this, what this just means is that we passed our compatibility test. Yes. And, thank you so much. Um, in front of a bunch of people. So <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, what would have happened if we didn't hit it off? Oh my god! Just total roasting the entire time. That kind of would have been awesome too, though. Let's be honest. Maybe the most listened to episode of After Nine for a different. <laughs> You're the worst. You're the worst. <laughs>
That was the worst question I've ever heard. I don't agree with anything you just said. Oh my gosh. This could have been so bad. And I have It to really say- could have been. I don't did they realize that? <laughs> what a gamble. <laughs> 